Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Old Dead Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Matej, and today we have with me Andrew Gabelich. We're going to talk about numerology because he's a numerologist and he's living in Mexico. We're going to talk about the influence of Napoleon Hill and his book, Outwitting the Devil, that came out in 2011. But was written actually in 1935. Interesting. We're going to talk about the influence of different numbers in your life on your life, if that makes sense. Because numerology has a lot of different aspects, kind of like astrology. And we're going to talk about the important period that we're living right now between 2017 and 2025, as predicted by astrology. That it's going to change a lot of things. This and much more in this podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the new episode of All That Jazz. I'm your host, Matyash, and I have with me Andrew Gabelich. Uh, Croatian last name. Uh, he's a... Uh, <laughs> He is in Mexico, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Matias. Um, so you are um, you have a website uh, that's entirely dedicated towards uh, numerology. So you specialize entirely in that, and I think that's fascinating because um, I think a lot of people nowadays do not specialize in one thing, and they're um, mast- masters as well in in many things. Not that it's bad. It's just mm-hmm. that I think uh, what you are doing, you can go deeper because you are in one thing, one thing only, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So how did you decide um, to go into numerology? I find that fascinating. Uh, how did I decide? Yes. I think, I mean, I think it's a like a long journey, but I'll summarize it by saying that when I was a kid, I was very close to my grandmother and my grandmother was a very mystical person. She like, and I mean, right now it's very popular to do crystals and astrology and cards and numerology and all it's like, there's a resurgence of it, but in the nineties, <laughs> she was a, like the weird one. Right. <laughs> like it, it was just not common, but like she was, she was like, and we're in Mexico and everybody's Catholic. She was not religious but she loved all this like alternative spirituality stuff. And I really loved her. So even as a kid, I would go to her house and I would see her um, like she had her astrology chart and her numerology chart on the walls. And I'd be like, what's that? Tell me about it. And I kind of like connected through it with her. And I think when you're a kid, anyone who loves you, you associate like whatever you do with them with love, I think on a subconscious level. Right. So I think like, that's where my openness to this side of life comes from. And like, it's just like, I don't know, like there's, there's people like with their dad and they race cars and then they're like, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's a very subconscious thing. So I had like that imprint and then like, I went in a different direction as a, as a teenager um, but then when I graduated college, uh, it was the Great Recession, 2010. Uh, I don't know how it was in Europe, but in the U.S., like nobody was getting jobs. And I had just come out of college. Right. And like I had like I studied film, like I oh, was man. not supposed to get a job anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like my friends who had were like biochemical engineers and computer like and uh systems engineers they still were not finding jobs so like i was just trying to find anything to survive and i there was like a six month period where i was running out of money and i had for like very complicated reasons was not trying to get help from my parents in any way and um i was alone um because like i moved cities so i didn't have a lot of friends where i was Mm -hmm. and like it was just a very traumatic stressful time where like i was looking for quarters under the bed just to like go eat um so like at that time 
I would go to the public library in New York and just do go online there. Wow. And like, well, hold and, on. you were in New York. That's even more. Yeah, I was in New York city. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I look, but like I had a little bit saved so I could pay rent and stuff. And like, I would have like one meal a day or whatever, but towards the end um, it was very stressful anyway. So I would look, I would go to jobs and I had to be very careful not to, not to make my suit dirty because I couldn't do dry cleaning. So I was like, very like, ah, like, and I like, whatever. Anyway, I would go because it was so stressful. I might like, I know for a fact that the way that people connect with these spiritual systems is usually during a very stressful time of their lives. Mm -hmm. If you are in a time where you're dealing with a lot of things and you don't know where it ends, you want something to tell you when it ends. And we all have this thing. We're going through tough times and we imagine like, oh, like it's on the it's on the 18th of November that like everything's going to stop and I'm going to get my job and I'm going to get my money and I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to find the love of my life and then my life will be perfect. We always imagine it this way. There's like a line between the bad and the good and then right. we get to the good stuff and then and like everything changes. And that's the attraction to the concept of horoscopes, really. It's mm -hmm. like you are struggling and you want confirmation of how much more time you're going to struggle right. and when the struggle ends. So I start going into a bunch of websites and then I rediscover numerology. I, I started looking for my horoscopes because I already have this imprint. And then eventually I find numerology, numerology, numerology. And for me, what like I found this one numerology site um, that I don't know, described me perfectly. Mm -hmm. And when it described my months or my days, they were very accurate to a scary level. Wow. And then when I finally got a job offer and things changed, I was celebrating by myself in a park called Astoria Park in New York. It's in Queens, but you can mm -hmm. see all of Manhattan. And then I get the email um, that, but it was not a smartphone because it was 2010, but I had like a, uh, it was a very fun phone uh, that had email that like was like an eco phone and like the notification sound was like a bird chirping. Like, <laughs> so I remember nice. it perfectly. And like the email was my daily numerology forecast. And it talked about the end of like a cycle and the end of the struggles. Hmm. And just the fact that I got it at a very specific time where like I took the job, but I wasn't sure about um, if, if it was the right job for me or not. I'm really like, um, yeah. I'm really summarizing the story, but I did, the, I did a whole podcast about it and I tell everything that went beyond that uh, if you want to hear more, but like, anyway, like um, it was so aligned um, and I was already so spiritual and not in, terms of religion but in terms of like knowing that there's an order to things and like like there's something out like more more deeper in the universe that that is driving all of this that it like it was a beautiful moment and i was like i want to learn more about this mm -hmm. uh so i you just got started because you yeah. got confirmation from yeah from what yeah. happened to you exactly That's amazing and for years it was a hobby I wasn't planning to do it as a career. I wasn't planning to be an expert in it. In fact, I never talked about it to friends or family for a while, maybe like the first three or four years. Part of it was like, I didn't want anyone to think I was crazy because I was really like, I was buying all the books and I was reading, like I would find a book in, that written in the seventies about numerology and I would find a book written in 1918 about numerology. And I would look on Amazon and I would go like, I would just, I just started collecting all this stuff. And I didn't like, I didn't really share it with anybody, but slowly, like it started, like I started talking about it and on New Year's, like I would do my family's charts and stuff. And then um, after many years of being really dissatisfied in my jobs and not really knowing what I should do for a career, um, I read a book that um, I'll summarize in one, like what I learned from the book, I'll summarize in more than words, it says like, there's nothing more powerful than just uh, being definite about what you're looking for and sticking to it. That's my and, problem. 
that's my problem <laughs> exactly and like from like from this book like it really changed my life i was like if i don't pick one thing and just take it until the end of the road like when i have already experienced everything i can from this one plant and it could be decades where i feel like i'm satisfied I know what this was about. I closed the chapter on this. Then I'll move on to something else. I made that commitment to myself. And I said, like, I have to choose one path and I have to like, whatever. And um, I just decided on the one hand, I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to start my own business. I always knew that. Right. And on the, on the other hand, the only thing I'm passionate about enough to really just spend a decade of my life into is numerology. So I just have to figure out how to make a numerology business right right that's amazing i uh, like uh, what was the title of that book by the way it's called outwitting the devil mm. and it's by napoleon hill i like that guy uh, yeah. I like that. i've yeah. but i've never um oh yeah that makes sense that he would say that because i've read a uh -huh. little bit of uh what's his other there's a other book that uh that's really popular by him and he alludes to that as well okay that's the think and grow rich yes and that's yes so he that's the book that made him famous and yeah. it's a really good book but there's something about the i'm sorry i'm just trying to make um turn off my notifications because uh so like the like think and grow rich is just a famous law of attraction book uh and it was very famous in the great depression Mm -hmm. uh, for obvious reasons and it was like the 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 the, the secret of the 20s and the 30s right um and it's a good book i like it i have nothing against it but the outwitting the devil is fascinating because he like he wrote it and then he said don't publish like he told his family don't publish this until the next economic crisis so it was like sealed the manuscript until 2011 And then it was published in 2011 with, wow. that, with that, the great recession that was happening at the time. And it's a, like, and he knew that in the thirties and forties, they were not going to like it because it was a really religious time. And he talks about the dangers of religion and he talks about uh, like uh, just power and control um, in politics and religion and all that stuff. And it was like, right now it's really obvious, but right. back then it was probably like, it was probably not going to fly uh so anyway it's a conversation like he says i found the devil and i interviewed him and think about what that means whatever that means to you is fine but i found the devil and i interviewed him and i figured out how to talk to the devil obviously when you read it you figure out that there's a metaphor there but he doesn't say he says this is an interview with the devil i think that the devil the way he writes it is kind of like a metaphor for our dark side Right. Like the part of yourself that doesn't want to do anything, that doesn't want to work, that doesn't want to focus, that doesn't want to have an impact with your life. And that's scared. That's, that's insecure. That's like all that. It's just the dark side of you yep. and how to outwit it as in like control it and do what you want instead, instead of letting that side of you control you. I'm and, sold. I'm sold. Yeah. I'm going to read the book. <laughs> and I didn't realize, because I've seen the book, but I never realized that story that it was published uh, yeah. so much years later. Yeah. And the story is in the book. You'll read about it in the first few mm. chapters, but yeah. And uh, it, it reminds me of um, like uh, Mark Twain did that where he uh, wrote his uh, big uh, biography and then published mm -hmm. it a hundred years after. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was a big bestseller, but I never heard that there would be after a big crisis. I guess the eighties yeah. aren't considered be really a big recession because there was something in the eighties. I recall But that wasn't big enough. I guess 2008 to 11, that's... Yeah, I mean, when... Yeah, I think when 2008 happened, everybody knew it was the worst since the Great Depression. Yeah, So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I want to circle back to something because I, I didn't expect this direction, but it's something okay. that I, I, I'm interested in as well. Film. So you say you study film because right now I'm in a program that I'm studying economics slash theater so it's kind of a okay. mishmash of um and you can tell by the by the nature of the double degree that i'm kind of indecisive i don't know if i want to go in this or in that direction um but you studied film exclusively right mm -hmm. i can I, i think i can tell some of the influence by your because i've seen some of your youtube videos and it's like 
you put dramatic music, you put um, and the the edits, the the camera angle. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, okay. Um, first of all, you decide to go there, and then at what point, uh, studying film, do, do you decide maybe this is not the thing I what really want to do? Yeah, I think that. So I was very nerdy as a teenager and I just what became obsessed with 1950s and 1960s movies. And I bought all the DVDs and I watched all of them. And then I started reading books about the history, like all this, like very, it wasn't like, oh, Pulp Fiction or like Star Wars. It was like very classic cinema. Nice. And I like, then I got this idea, like I want to write screenplays for movies and I would like, I was super nerdy. So I would write screenplays like, like on the weekends and like just start writing movies. And I was 15 or 16. And I thought that that's what I was want, like, I always wanted to do. And I remember it was 2002 or 2003. And I remember reading a, a magazine article that said in the future, you will be able to distribute movies like you distribute songs nowadays because you already could download songs from the internet right. with like LimeWire and stuff. And they said, this is going to be what movies are like. So the whole studio system in Hollywood will disintegrate because anybody will be able to make a really cool movie with their own cameras and they will look just as professional and distribute to anyone they want on the internet. I remember reading that and being like, that sucks because like, the, like there's going to be no more quality in movies anymore. Well, you and I was like, I thought make a like, movie here. You could make a movie on Zoom, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can make them. <laughs> you can use your cell phone cameras. Your cell phone cameras are as good as, as like digital cameras from two years ago, let alone like ten years ago. It's the craziest thing. But like, um, like I'm I'm gonna try to condense the story. But like, I I I thought that was like stupid. I was like, I I wish I was born in the '40s. Uh, because I don't want anybody to do a movie because like most people don't know how to do movies. Yeah. That was my like my uh, my thought at the time. Uh, so that's why I picked film. When I graduated, I started to try to like when I was looking for jobs, I was trying to look for jobs in like production companies or or agencies, either in the film industry in New York or the film industry in L.A. And I did a bunch of internships before I graduated. Um, and what I remember about those and like working in like really um, like uh, well-known offices with the, like, like in Hollywood and stuff. And they were very awful people. Like mm. I got yelled at, I got called names. Um, it was abuse. And this is how that world operates. And I never like, I did not like it. I just did not feel comfortable in that environment, but I still wanted to write movies and do movies. And then when I like, when this whole story happened and I got a job finally, it was not a job in the film industry. It was a job in a call center um, right. where like uh, I had to like, it, it, like it, it was just not the same industry and I needed the money. So I took it, but I was shocked that this call center job ended up being the most amazing job I've ever had. And I had the best time and I was the happiest person ever. And what it involved was, like um, it was like call center manager. So I had to train students to call and ask for money and like the training part and the motivation part where it be in front of like um, before a shift happened, I had to like give them a speech and motivate them and talk about like confronting their fears and stuff. I just found the side of myself that I didn't know existed. And it was about motivating and like talking to people about their fears or whatever. And also there was a technology part that I didn't know I was good at. I always thought I was into arts or writing. And that meant that I couldn't do computers and technology, mm -hmm. but in this job, I had to manage the database. And I, all they, they gave me was like the manual. And you're like, now you have to load the data into the database. And I was like, ah, but I had, I needed the money. So I had to pay attention and I had to learn this. And six months later, I'm not just good at it. I'm figuring out new things that I can do with the technology. Like, what if I do this and this, and this is like, and like, uh, what if we load the data, like uh, based on time zone. And then we call right. based on time zone. Like suddenly we're making more money, not because of the calls, but because of how I'm like 
dividing the data into different places. Anyway, the, the whole, like the whole thing about it was, is that I was so focused on things that I knew I was good at that I was not really exploring other sides of myself. And this economic crisis forced me to do it. When I got out of this job, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that film was too limiting because there was something else out there. And you know what? Teledipity, I do technology, I write, I do videos, and I do this talking part. So it like there is something out there that combines all the things you're good at. It's not like when you say like, I have to commit to something you do, but like you can find something where every other side of you is expressed and every other like passion that you have, you can do. And that job I firmly believe exists for everybody. You can find it. If you like look for it, if you trust it. And if you like, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of ifs, but it exists. So like, I think me wanting to be like going to film was more me not knowing how to use this part of myself that I was passionate about and turn it into a career. And now that I know how to do that, I'm not interested in film anymore because I, these, these sides of myself are, are being expressed in this little thing that I found. Um, so I don't care about Hollywood anymore. I'm, too, I'm writing. I have an audience. I have yeah. technology, like, you know, so yeah. Right. It seems like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, when there's a lot of like, uh, there was a lot of me too stories and all that from Hollywood and that uh -huh. uh, it does seem like it's a hard industry. And also a lot of people want to get in and, uh, uh -huh. but, but you were, were you uh, like a, uh, like a producer of us, like assistant of a producer on a movie, or was it like a small scale production, like a TV? My, my internships, two of my internships were in agencies. So like agents that represent actors or writers. Oh, I see. And like, like Ari Gold and Entourage. Don't Did you watch it. Entourage? Okay, whatever. Um, and uh, the other, like the other was a production company. And it was, um, maybe I shouldn't say, because that's where I got some really bad abuse, but like a, a famous producer that like produced famous movies, like really famous movies. Mm -hmm. And like the person he hired to handle his office. And then they got me as an intern. Like that was like, I've never been talked to. Well, maybe, but like it was abuse. Yeah. Like they would like make me make mistakes and then yell at me for them. It was the weirdest thing. So anyway. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you got out of that business. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think people stay in it because uh, sometimes because they really want to progress and uh, whatever, even if it's not film, if it's something else uh, or they, they feel like they have no choice. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Talking about choice. Like um, the only thing I know about the neurology for me off the top of my head is um I think a life path number, which is 11. That's mm -hmm. the only thing I know. And okay. my birthday is 14. So I heard that's a five, but, but we talked before and, mm. and my knowledge of numerology is very limited apparently. <laughs> and I had, uh, did you, did you make a teledipity profile or not? No, I have to. Cause be if you here. do it, you'll get your freaking numerology chart and you'll read all about it okay all right yeah and it's free you don't have to pay anything ah <laughs> okay now i know see that's what that's why i do this so i, I learn things <laughs> okay okay so um uh as far as numerology is uh obviously because you read uh, many books so there's probably different approaches to the same uh -huh. subject because uh -huh. um when we talked before i told you that i read uh, two short books and they were they were saying that and it's very things were very superficial in that book it was like if you are let's say my, my number is is a five because i'm born on 14th and i'm living in a house that's number two that's supposed to be not so compatible because you're more compatible with number six and uh, what nine one or something so if you live in that kind of house that's gonna be great so let's uh, let's break it down how is that helpful or not helpful to know that Stupid, 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 not helpful, not helpful, not helpful, not helpful. <laughs> okay. So um, there is a very 
there is a huge difference mm. between spirituality and superstition. And with all spirit forms of spirituality, whether it's a religion or a spiritual system like astrology or numerology or crystals or whatever else, it attracts both spiritual and superstitious people. Mm. What superstition is, is like, or the way I would describe it, is this view of the world where bad things can happen at any time and you have to protect yourself from them. So like, if you believe that this is what this dimension is, where like catastrophe can happen at any second. And if like, if you choose the wrong house, like you'll ruin your life. If you choose the wrong job, you'll ruin your life. If you choose the wrong partner, you'll ruin your life. Then you like, of course, you'll, you'll pick up a numerology book and you'll see it in with these eyes where like there's good and there's bad and you have to avoid the bad at all costs or you'll attract bad things for yourself. Anybody who writes about numbers like that is a superstitious person. They may be describing some aspects of numerology correctly, but they're injecting their own energy of superstition into right. the system that doesn't belong there because there's nothing about original numerology that talks about bad numbers or bad things that can happen to you with bad numbers. Like the whole thing about Friday the 13th is, is not numerology. And okay. the 13 being a bad number, that's not numerology. But any superstitious person will grab on to any spiritual system. They'll also say, you shouldn't date Scorpios. And like, I know astrologers, that's not how it works. Right. But like, if, you're, if your worldview is like that, then you'll grab like, it's the same with religion you'll grab onto like, oh, if I, if I make God angry, he'll punish me. Right. That's not the universe we live I, in. Really. Another thing I just remembered yeah. in the book, it said that the author changed her name to make mm -hmm. it, to make, to make um, the energy better. Mm -hmm. And, um, and this was done strictly on numerological terms. And again, I think you would say the same thing, right? And that is superstition well, or not. Yes and, okay. Yes. And like, there's, there's, good reasons to change your name for numerology and mm -hmm. there's bad reasons to change your name for numerology i'm not sure what her reasons were but the thing with changing your name is that uh so like a numerology chart is divided into two sections your name your birth date your full name at birth talks about the history of your soul in previous lifetimes so how you arrived into this incarnation like your personality, your talents, your weaknesses, the things you're not good at, the things you are good at, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Your birthday talks about what you came to do in this lifetime, what experiences you came to live through and what you came to learn in order to take your soul to the next level. So obviously nobody can change their birth date, but right. people can change their names, unfortunately. And this is something a lot of people don't understand is that your full name at birth also cannot be changed because your full name at birth was your full name at birth. You can change it a million times, but you still have the same full name at birth. And that's where your soul history is represented in your full name at birth. Now, if you change your name later in life, it doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect. It just won't affect your chart. It has a different influence oh. and it's, it's, it's about this. So like, your your numerology chart will always be your numerology will always be your numerology chart. But let's say mm. you want to change your name. What you change is not your vibration as a soul, but the vibration of how you present yourself to others. Right, and that has an effect because you you I think like everybody cannot like has experienced this without numerology. You hear a name or you read a name, and there is some intuition about the the personality of that name and it happens with business names too like like uh coca-cola or like what like because every letter has a vibration a name has a vibration too and you feel it like 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 i'll like this person or like i like this name or i like like i like the city and it's because of the name or whatever you feel a vibration from a collection of letters or a name so if you present yourself in a different name you change the vibration of what you tell others you are. Right. But that doesn't mean you change the vibration of what you actually are. Okay, so let's say somebody calls me by a different name. 
Uh -huh. It's a different thing. So uh, a lot of times when I was uh, living in Canada, US or, or Scotland, uh, I would be called Matt instead of uh, Matias, uh -huh. you know, and this is, uh, and sometimes they'd spell it M-A-T and sometimes they would say M-A-T-T. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, that's already uh, a couple of different things, or sometimes they would say Mad Jazz. So um, is there a difference between the way people in the morology, the way people call you and the way things are written down? Um, the, writ the written down is important, mm -hmm. um, but whatever changes there are, it doesn't change who you are. Right. It just changes what other people think you are. So it comes more in play. Like there is something to see when you, when you're talking about nicknames, but it really comes into play when you're thinking about a professional name that you want to present to the world for some sort of business reason uh, or artistic reason. Like, mm -hmm. like if you have a pseudonym as a writer, that's where it really like, there's stuff to, to, to look at numerology wise, but in a nickname, all I'm really talking about is like how, like what, what those friends who called you Matt thought you were in terms of like personality characteristics. Okay. Um, it really has no influence on what happens to you or who you are. It's just how they, how you're read by others, how others perceive you. That's interesting. Okay. Because I've had some other guests that were, uh, maybe they would disagree with you in some way that uh, the way the name sounds, they, they would say that that's important and all that. But anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But I, I think I'm the, the, like, the way the uh, name sounds is important because you hear the vibration. But like the fact that some people thought it was written with two T's is reflective of how those people saw you. Right. They were they were perceiving the personality of Matt with two T's. And the people who wrote it with one T were perceiving the personality of Matt with one T. How important those differences are is minuscule. Okay. Like it doesn't, it's not worth your time thinking about. If you're talking about like you're going to do paintings and you want to know how you like your artistic name that like let's let's think about that like how you want what personality you want your name to be in and how you want to like or if you like if you're going to be an actor if you're going to be a right like or if you just are going to have a business and like you put your middle name or not or whatever yes think about it and make changes based on numerology right but, like so deciding what nickname to go by i think it's a waste of time uh it, it doesn't matter numerology wise so business name, that's very important. Yeah. So do you uh -huh. advise businesses that they contact you and, and they like, we want to, we're choosing a name and. <laughs> I hate that part of numerology so much. Really, I just hate it. Like there's, there's some, so like I, there's a lot of, and it always happens organically. I never planned it, but there's a lot of users of my website that email me. And sometimes those conversations turn into friendships. So I say I have like 10 really great um, uh, friends that came from the website and I've never even met them in real life, but we have Zoom calls and whatever. Yeah. And like most of those people will eventually text me or WhatsApp me or like, oh, I'm going to have a baby. What name? <laughs> or I'm going to, I like, I want a business. I have three names. One is a three, one is a four, one is a five. Which one should I choose to be successful? Oh my God. I cannot stand that. Not because I don't believe there's differences, but because I think that it's more important to choose the name that is right for you than to engineer it with numerology. I like, I engineered my business name with numerology. I engineered my professional name with numerology, but because I can't help it because I'm like, I, like I think that way all the time. But if you are not a numerologist, trying to say like, oh, I need an eight business because I want it to be successful or I want an, uh, a one child because I want him to be a leader is worse than just not thinking about it. So I like, and like people ask me 
more for superstitious reasons than for spiritual reasons. They right. just want to avoid like a bad number that they don't realize. So like, is this name correct? Is that name correct? It's not going to happen. And like, it, there's no number that will make your business successful. There's no number that will make your business fail. It's just about how the business is perceived. And then if we sit down and say like, of these three names, this is the perception, this is the perception, this is the perception, and you like one of them, then it makes sense. But that right. requires like a, like an hour long conversation and I can't do it via text. And but, like, you know. I, I'm also thinking it could be numerologically, it could be a good number, but but the name itself is is uh, is like, maybe it's a, it's a foreign name or it's a name, let's say for a restaurant or something that people are gonna uh -huh. be like, can't even pronounce or something like exactly. that. They, they, exactly. There's other reasons. There's yes. not just the numerological number. So that's also, important. Also, there's the question of engineering the universe, because at the end of the day, why do you have the perfect name? Why do I have the perfect name? Is it because our parents read numerology books or is it because the, they chose the one that felt right for right. them? That, that's a great point. And why were we born in the right day? Nobody said like, oh, he has to be born on the 15th because like he has to have this numerology. You just, it just happened. So the way that the universe works perfectly is when you just do what feels right for you. Right. Okay, so let's go now to what's important in numerology. Obviously, if I say a life path, that is that that's important, I would assume. Okay. Uh -huh. So life path, I think, is added up by the um, birth uh, birthday, right? Uh -huh. And then there's another number that's from the uh, from the name. Uh -huh. And that's uh, what number is that? Expression. Okay. That's when I was telling you about like your soul's history. Um, the, uh, I mean, a numerology chart has like 60 sections, all different numbers. So I don't think we can go through all of them, right. but the main ones are life path expression. Um, so life path is what you came to learn in this life. Expression is who you are now or how you arrived into this life talents, personality stuff. Uh, soul urge is the energy that attracts you the most. Um, so like when you, like, when you talk about the soul urge number, you like, and you speak of that vibration, it's really like the vibe, like when you see people, when they have fantasies, it, it is about this vibration. Mm. So like people who have a five soul urge, they are always thinking about traveling. They're always thinking about moving to a different country. They're always thinking about doing something else than what they're doing right now, because the five is a, a number a vibration that talks about change and adventure and surprises. Uh, a person that with a four solar are always thinking about like order and planning and practicality and having things organized and everything in the right place. And just you know, like a lot of physical battle. Like, so it's, it's right. the energy that attracts you. And then personality number is when I'm talking about changing your name is how others perceive you. So when people read your name, what, like what that perception is even if it's not really who you are, but there's a lot of like, when, when I do readings for people, I'll be like, and I describe the personality number, I'll be, I'll say, people think you're like this, but you know that you're not like this. And everybody's like, yes, I don't know why people think I'm so organized because I'm a mess, or I don't know why people think I'm a leader because I'm not a, like, it, it comes from this. And then the birthday, which is the day in of the month in which you were born, has a very small effect. It has some effect, but very small effect on the personality. But the big effect is in the, in the, middle chapter of your life from your early thirties to your late fifties. And that's the vibration that rules in that very important time, which is your entire adulthood. Okay. Um, and those are the main parts of a numerology chart, but there's like 10 more, uh, no, no, like 20 more. So, okay. But those are the main ones. Exactly. What is the life expression? Um, you said practicality. It doesn't say, what is it? What is a nine? A nine is an energy that talks about, so every number has a positive and a negative like expression. Oh, okay. So okay. you like, what, like a, there's a balanced nine, there's a negative nine and there's a positive nine and it's all in a spectrum. So the spectrum of nine is a spectrum of sacrifice for the greater good, 
doing things that don't benefit you. Um, just living in a form where like you are empathetic with everybody's struggles and you don't judge anybody for their struggles mm -hmm. and uh, you forgive people who hurt you no matter what they did. So like, that's uh, like, that's a very uh, quick explanation, but people in the negative side of nine can't do any of that people in the, in the, like, so there's like a balance and anyway, um, a great ex uh, examples of nines, Gandhi, mother Teresa, they were both nines. And in their uh, life expression. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it, it, it could signify your potential for spiritual growth. You're saying. All numbers six uh, uh, are signifying your potential for spiritual growth. It's just spiritual growth in different aspects of life. Because there's the self-sacrifice aspect of life. But then there's also the individualist aspect of life. There's the, and that that's no more positive or negative. Like you also have to take care of yourself. You can't be taking care of others all the time. Right. There's the exploratory aspect of life. There's the creative aspect of life. There's so like every number signifies one of those. And we're talking about the nine is a self-sacrifice aspect of life. Wow. So this is incredibly complex. Like, uh, sounds like, uh, like astrology as well. Like a lot of people uh -huh. don't realize it's incredibly complex. It's not just the 12 signs. Now you have exactly. to, at least the moon sign, the ascendant and all, all the planets. And then depends on the time you're born. And mm -hmm. yep. so I, we don't have that in numerology, right? There's, it's what? not dependent on time. There is nothing about the time you're born that affects mm. your numerology chart now. Okay, uh, let's talk about um, years, because um, this was introduced to me by my uh, good friend, Hannah. She said that um, she was talking about, about me as relating to my year. She said, she said something about this year um, is going to be this for you, but I didn't quite get. Well, what does that mean? So if you so, can explain that. Mm -hmm. Remember when I said your birthday talks about the experiences you're going to go through in this life. Mm -hmm. So from your, the digits in your birthday, you extrapolate this kind of triangle that talks about like the lesson you're supposed to learn in your life, the chapters in which you advance towards that lesson. And then it goes down like a fractal chapters as in three cycles of your life chapters in, as in nine year cycles of your life. And then at the month level and at the day level, they're also at the week level and then at the day level. And there's a ruling vibration for each period of time. There's a ruling vibration for your day. There's a ruling vibration for your month. There's a ruling vibration for your year. There's a ruling vibration for your nine year cycle. There's a ruling vibration for your, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about your year, and this is different for everybody, you're talking about the ruling vibration of 2020 for you and what 2020 is about for you. Right. Which is so it's different for everybody, obviously, because mm -hmm. we're not born and we're not don't have the same names. Exactly. So obviously, exactly. it's going to be different. Um, exactly. So when people come to you, do they also uh, seek? Um, uh, how how does a relationship uh, consulting work? So let's say you meet somebody, and then uh, so do they? Have, I imagine they have to give you their exact name and their exact birth date, and that's all you need, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so question i know that you have some knowledge of astrology yeah do you base your relationship decisions on astrology or not uh not really no okay that's the same because here's the problem with that like if you go to my site or the app, you can buy compatibility reports. And I'll talk about how those personalities combine, what kinds of conflicts they might have, mm -hmm. where like the relationship's gonna be really fun, where it's not gonna be really fun, all, the, all that stuff. But I can't tell you this is a good relationship or this is a bad relationship. Numerology can't read that in the same way that numerology can't read this is a good person or this is a bad person because Hitler had a numerology chart and Ted Bundy had a numerology chart and Jack the Ripper had a numerology chart. So just because somebody has numbers that are compatible with you, doesn't mean they're going to treat you right. 
doesn't mean that their relationship has legs. doesn't mean you should stay with them. So a numerology measures kind of like a person from a very detached point of view, and you cannot look at where they are in terms of soul evolution level. So if you're going to read a compatible, like if you're going to read the numbers compatibility for you and your lover, read it in terms of like, how can I make this relationship better? Don't read it in terms of like, well, should I be in this relationship or not? That's more a decision you should be making without any spiritual system. Right. So you have to use some kind of common sense. Otherwise, exactly. This, uh, Otherwise, exactly. you're just like, oh, these these exactly. signs, this looks good. And exactly. then like, okay. How many, yeah. How many times have you heard somebody say, I don't date Scorpios? I, I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah. I like, I feel so bad. Like, I don't, I don't want to like, I just, I feel bad for people who think like that because I'm not an astrologer, but I know it does not work that way. That's not how it's like, that's not how it's supposed to be. But you know what? You can though? date any sign. <laughs> it's not like that's not how like that's not how these systems are supposed to be used you know what though it's like uh i think uh, some people come with it from an experienced point of view they're like uh it's it's not it doesn't come from astrology per se but then after they've dated somebody and they're like yeah. no i'm never gonna do that again but and they the thought, point yeah. towards that you know yeah but the thought that like for example if you just date narcissists then you might assign narcissistic traits to Scorpios when really it's just about narcissism. It has nothing to do with Scorpios. So like just the idea that because of your limited experience of two or three Scorpios, that you would judge all Scorpios on the planet based on them is not how it works. Yeah. It might be, it might be daddy issues that you have to look uh -huh. at. Not, not just exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, um, when people come to you for your, um, I know you mentioned this before, but when they come to you for a longer consultation, uh -huh. so do they, um, do you advise them on, uh, um, what kind of career would be good for them? Is that something you can do for with, uh, yeah. numerology? Yeah. Um, this is a part of numerology where it depends on the person. There are, charts that are so clear what they should be doing professionally where it's like oh my god like like this is this is the mission and there's charts where it's not that easy to see right. and the way the reason i say that it's because there's lives that revolve around your career and there's lives that do not so sometimes i'll see a chart where i'll what i'm reading is like this person really like their life is about learning to be independent and think for themselves and just make their own decisions. And they can do that in any career. It doesn't really doesn't matter what they're working in, but then there's all others where it's like your life is about expressing your creativity without fear mm -hmm. and using it for some sort of humanitarian cause. Now that's pretty, that's pretty specific. And like, I like, I can like, I'll read that. And if they're already following that, they'll be like, Oh my God, it's in my numerology chart. And if they're not, they're like, I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to do that. Um, so like you, like it, it just depends on the chart is what I'm trying to say. You can't read it like a clear, like life mission statement from all charts, but from some you can. Okay. That, that makes sense. Cause some people, yeah. and it also seems like uh, in life, some people are more, uh, more fully in, in what they're doing and some people are just means to to an end to get uh exactly. get money exactly. and, yeah. and then they go yeah. home and the dogs yeah. uh, and, the, and the real life lessons happen outside of their work life right they're um, they're in there are family stuff there so yes so it's not always about like your impact on the world but sometimes it is um talk about uh we're in an interesting year because there's a lot of things happened uh this year and is this because uh, on the surface, if I would just uh, take the year, it's uh, 2020. So that's a four. Would that be, uh, mm -hmm. is that significant in any way? It's a four for the planet. Right. It's not a four for you. So oh, right, like right. we're talking about the numerology chart of planet Earth versus the numerology chart for matches. And those are two different things. So I can tell you all about 2020 in the sense of like, what it means for the world to be going through coronavirus and all this stuff. Uh, but the 2020 doesn't affect you 
And as you can see, like there's different people, different people have different experiences in 2020. Like there's people that like their businesses took off and they became really rich. And then there's people who had to get divorced. And then there's people who lost their job. And that comes more from their personal year than the fact that it's 2020. Okay. Um, talk about the uh, prediction business. Is uh-huh. there um, any reliability? No, okay. Maybe I shouldn't ask uh, reliability, but uh, can you indicate with numerology what uh, might happen as far as uh, world events? Are you already saying no, like elections, things of that nature? Because it's highly unpredictable. And also, I guess it's hard to do that as well with astrology. So, um, right. And I, I, I mean, you read astrologers online that are very specific about their predictions. And I don't, I don't know astrology, but I don't think you can do that. Like, and I don't like, so where in 2016, hmm. after the last U S election, yeah, I was very confused and I was like, what, what's this, what's going to happen with this? Where's this going? So I start looking at the planet numerology chart and I start looking at like centuries and like 1700s and 16, like just trying to figure it out. And from this huge study that I did numerology wise, I made a video on YouTube where I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know like what exactly this is, but the vibrations between 2017 and 2025 are very unique in the sense that they always change, like have a permanent, like they change the world permanently in some way. And there was World War II under same, the same vibration. There was um, the, the 1860s where like a bunch of um, like, changes in South America and there was a civil war in the U S and all, all this stuff. Then there was the enlightenment um, and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's a very specific and very intense vibration where things that almost never happen suddenly happen. Now I never said, Oh, we're going to have another world war. I said, it's just going to be very intense and very unique and there will be permanent changes. I didn't know it was going to be a pandemic. I did not know it was going to be a virus, et cetera, et cetera. But it makes sense in like under that description. Mm-hmm. And I could have never have made that description 10 years ago because that's not what the numbers said. Right. But they're like, there you have it. So like, there's just, you can describe the vibration and what kinds of things happen under that vibration, but you can't say this exactly is going to happen. Same with your personal year. I can describe like under this vibration, these kinds of things happen. You feel these kinds of ways. You learn these kinds of lessons. This is how I can describe your year, but I'm not going to say you're going to like, I never say you're going to meet your soulmate. Never. And some people want me to, to do that. I can't, I can't. Uh, I never say like, you're going to lose your job. Some people want me to, I can't. And then people email me like, when am I going to get a job? I don't know. I can't see that in the numbers, but I can tell you that a very important chapter of your life ends this month and a very important chapter of your life starts this month and the vibration really shifts. And this new vibration is about like, like taking a step forward towards X, Y, or Z. So that I can do, but I can't like predicting events is not something that can really happen under numerology. So, um, did you say tw- between 2017 and 2025 is going to be a significant uh-huh. period? Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is really interesting because um, I was reading a book about glamour by Alice Bailey. And she said, uh-huh. predicted that 2025 is going to be the year with the type of uh, the energy of the glamour. Cause glamour apparently is a specific energy in the world uh-huh. is going to change to something um, I'm assuming lighter. She, she was mm-hmm. uh saying that it's it's gonna change in a positive direction so i'm assuming yeah. that it's perfectly aligned with numerology and you know what when i was um when i was uh so we met because of lola she's an astrologer right. and she bought a reading with me and we talked for a long time about numerology versus astrology and it was a really interesting conversation when i told her that she said actually that aligns with astrology too 
something about 2025 in astrology. I don't know what, what she was talking about. Okay. Um, but like, it's funny how you read this from different angles and they all talk about kind of like very similar dates and similar things that are supposed to be happening right now. Wow. I think that, but even this year is kind of like this election is, is, is going to be drawn out. I think so. There's a, there's... I, yeah. I, like I have no idea. All I can say is that like whoever wins, it's not going to change. We're still going to be under this vibration of like, like what, what can I recognize about this vibration? The um, inability, like the, the uh, polarization and the inability to decide what truth is and the conspiracy theories and the fake news stuff. And this is not like, it's, I mean, you know, because you're not an American and I'm not an American. P Americans think it's only happening in the US, but it's all over Europe all right. over Latin America, all over Africa. Like it's a global thing that's happening. And um, all of that and the chaos that comes from that, it's not going to stop no matter who wins. So not until 2025. <laughs> right. So this, this is going to be um, more shit, more shit, whatever it is. Yeah. I have some, some friends that think that there's going to be a lot of corruption that's going to come to the surface and whatnot, but, but um, who knows? Yeah, that I can say, yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be amazing um yeah. so for people that um this is a practical question for people that want to learn about numerology what would be the uh a good uh, like let's see three to like or five books that that are really good to start your your journey on numerology um so i like there's uh, michael goodwin's books you can find them on Amazon. There's two volumes. Mm -hmm. That's the perfect introduction. Uh, there's a guy called Juno Jordan who has one book that's really good. I'll send you the links if you want so you can put them in the episode notes. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it. Um, and like a good, uh, another good source is um, there's a, like, there's a guy, there's a uh, Dutch guy by the name of Hans de Koos who... Um, is probably the most famous one in terms of like, not everybody knows him as like, he's the most famous numerologist, but he created this software that every astrology site uses when they sell numerology reports. So if you go to A or B or C website and you buy a numerology report, you're buying a hands to coast report. And like, he's really good. His reports, I sell them on my site too, because uh, you buy a license and you can resell them. Uh, so he's really good numerologist. And I learned a lot not just from like the book that he wrote, which is really just a summary, um, but like from like using his software to pull a bunch of reports from a bunch of the people that I know. And then like that, that there's a lot of like self teaching that you have to do as well. It's mm -hmm. just kind of like, cause all the books disagree on something and then you have to decide what you believe. So, um, and um, there's another 19. Um, well, I have a bunch of like, um, I'll, I'll send you a list okay. and, um, another famous one who's really, really good. Um, who I don't like, he doesn't call it numerology and he doesn't talk about Pythagorean numerology. Like maybe he mentions it. I don't know. But when I read his books, I know this is numerology. Like I know it, but he like there, I get the feeling sometimes that he wants to pretend that he invented it when it's really like a 2000 year old system, but he's really good. Dan Melman. There's a book called the life you were born to live. And it's a numerology. You see, when he said that name, I like the name. Yeah. <laughs> Find his book. Right. Um, so we, uh, let's talk about spirituality. Cause um, is there um, anything that um, people in numerology that's typical of their spiritual orientation or is it anybody from, any orientation is interested in uh, numerology? I think any orientation. Mm -hmm. um, I think any spiritual person will like a spiritual system. Um, and I think that, uh, I think it's, it's religiously agnostic numerology. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that even non-spiritual people will start connecting with spirituality through numerology because it's a very, 
it's not, it doesn't have a lot of stigma and it doesn't have a lot of like unfairly negative connotations. Right. So if you talk to somebody who's spiritually open, but not complete, like, not like us, but like kind of like starting to get into meditation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you tell them, and you just say the word Mercury retrograde, mm -hmm. they sometimes get turned off because they're like, no, I don't believe in stars and planets. Um, but with numbers, it's much easier to like, kind of like start. By the way, uh, very nice, uh, very nice di uh, dining room. Uh, <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> yeah, it's Zoom background, but it's a really realistic Zoom background. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure people uh, that are watching this in video can tell that this is uh, a, <laughs> um, and both uh, my my space here and your my space. Imagine that I said my space. That <laughs> hasn't been in use for for such a long time. Um, yeah, it's it's not a uh, high grade production. It's a production that that's for the people. We we try to keep it grounded. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm, I know I've mentioned a lot of misconception about numerology. Is there anything else that I missed that you think people think numerology is, but it's really not? Or have we covered everything <laughs> pretty much? Mm. No, I think um, as long as you don't use it, like I think everything boils down to, are you spiritual or are you superstitious? Right. Because superstition is... I don't want to live in a five house superstition is it's It's going to be a bad year because it's a four year superstition is I don't want to date this person because this is a two person. If you, or like, I want to change my name. Cause I want like, like I want a lucky number. Um, if you're not like, if you're not doing superstitious things with numerology, you're good. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, for the guests that want to go on your website, what kind of services do you offer for people? So on Teledipity, you can pull up your full numerology chart interpreted by me from the sources of all the books that I've read. Um, so like um, completely free. There's eight or nine different sections. It's a long read. You can't read it in one uh, in one sitting, cause there's a lot of things to, to read and it's completely free. You create your profile and you have your password and everything. If you log back into the site, um, you'll also find your yearly forecast and your monthly forecast also free. So every month you'll read like what's, what to expect from October or December, just like a horoscope. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that there, I do, I, I separate a forecast into two parts, the written, part and the podcast. Uh, so every month you get a podcast about the next month in your life. And it's like 10 minutes. It's not very long. Um, but like in, in, in the right written version, I just describe like what the vibration is and what kinds of things might happen. And in the podcast, I talk about like the lesson that the number vibration is about and what, like how to reflect on it from more like a self-improvement point of view. Uh, so it's mm. more motivational and it's more like it's just cool content. All of that is free. Um, it's also available in the Teldipity app, um, App Store and Play Store. But um, also there's like a premium membership where you can get weekly forecasts um, and like uh, book summaries, book recommendations, not like about numerology, but about like a really good book that aligns with what you should be learning this month of your life, stuff like that. So there's a lot of premium content, but there's a lot of just free content too, to get hooked in. And a big part of the system too, is that I send you emails when you're supposed to receive them. So like, I'll, I'll like, I'll, it, it's completely like, it, it's based on where you are. So if I say like, if I decide that you're in a five month and a three day, and you should be reading about a topic today, I'll send it to you. And so I call them serendipitous emails. And it's usually like, I'll summarize like ex philosopher said this and it applies to your life in this way. So think about this today. And mm. people love that because like, there are sometimes like if something's going wrong in a day and you get uh, an email that explains it perfectly, it really changed your thinking about that problem or the opportunities behind it. Uh, and you usually get at least one a month, if not more 
apart from your monthly forecast and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds great. Um, and I'll, I'll create my, I, could, I think in the past I've, I've um, done some numerology stuff, but I, it seems like I've forgotten most of the number except the life path number. I do, do remember that. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you're an 11.5. I'm also an 11.5 in different ways, but. Okay. I think my name for my name number is also 11, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, um, be that as it may. Um, so if your name is an 11 and your life path is an 11. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be too worried that you don't, you haven't figured out what you want to do yet because double 11s are usually late bloomers. So the, the really exciting part of their life happens after they've had a lot of experience, so. Well, I've gathered some experience, but not a, well, I've- uh... All I'm saying is, is that like, <laughs> don't rush it because you're right. not late if you're a double 11. Well, yeah, because yeah, that kind of makes me feel better because I started the university at age uh, 35, basically, so. It's fine. Um, okay, lastly, I want to talk about a, um, touch upon this uh, self-actualization because I think uh, a lot of people nowadays want to uh, better themselves and um, mm -hmm. is this something that uh, I think we already kind of touched upon this is this something that numerology can point them in the direction and say this is your weakness this is your strength and you can work on these traits and and uh, try to avoid these these traits or these people things of that nature is that possible through numerology can you repeat the question sorry Oh, sorry. <laughs> so uh, can you, okay, simply put, can you through numerology uh, basically find out what kind of traits you need to focus on? What are your weaknesses and what would be your strengths if you focus on them? Yeah, numerology can tell you that for sure. Um, numerology chart will tell you um, if you, um, if you are artistic, if you're good with visuals if you're a good good with ver like talking or writing if you're um if you're good at analyzing things really from a deep perspective if you're a good planner and organizer if you're a good leader if you're um if you were a, an enormous empath or a healer the, that kind of stuff yeah it comes you can see that on the chart and if you create a number uh teledipity profile it'll tell you all of it okay Great. Uh, well, that's a good pitch. I'm, I'm going to definitely <laughs> check it out. <laughs> anyway, this was great uh, doing podcast with you. Um, thank you, Lola, for uh, recommending, connecting us. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being on. And uh, my pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for uh, either listening or watching. Thank you. Awesome.